With some examples of where many turn but don't find what they hope for, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. If you run to the bottle, you'll be greatly discouraged. If you run to some legal or illegal drug to desensitize and to try to take off the edge of the pain, you'll find that it won't last, that it won't give you what you're looking for. If you run to a person and you're hoping in that relationship for the full fulfillment of the anchor of your life and your soul, you'll be sorely disappointed. How many of us have been betrayed by a friend, someone that we once trusted? You can't run to a person, not a human person. This is amazing grace. It's said that disappointment exposes misplaced hope. Still, there is one you can turn to and put your hope in who will prove to be an anchor for your soul. And we'll hear about that one today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. No guessing who that one is, it's Jesus. With what sounds almost too good to be true, from Hebrews 6, picking up in verse 19, here is Pastor Ed. You have to choose to run to the one who is your real refuge and consolation. And God knows the time of the fulfillment and you're in the process. And you know as well as I do, when things are upside down in our lives and things are just coming against us like a storm, I think this picture of an anchor is a powerful picture, is it not? Because anchors keep ships steady and put. It keeps a ship put in the midst of stormy seas. And the beautiful thing about an anchor is that you just throw it out and it does its job, right? It just takes care of it. You don't have to hold the anchor. You don't have to work it. You just throw it out. It anchors on the bedrock below and you don't move. And so the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, the hope in his person, when you flee to him for refuge, is an anchor for your soul. It's an anchor for your life. And God has brought you here today to listen to this Bible study to answer this question. What is anchoring your life? What are you clinging to? And what's clinging to you? You see, all of us have to deal with issues. There isn't one person listening to me, believer, unbeliever alike, that isn't gonna deal with something in their lives, or two or three. In this sin-soaked world that we're in, this sin-stained world, whether it's our own mistakes and sinful decisions, or the decision, sinful decisions of someone else, or a combination of the two, we're all gonna face pain and sorrow and difficulty because the Bible is true today as it has been every day and will be every day. The wages of sin is death, pain and sorrow and difficulty. And so what is your anchor? You know, if you run to the bottle, you'll be greatly discouraged. The bottle is no anchor. If you run to some legal or illegal drug, to desensitize and to try to take off the edge of the pain, you'll find that it won't last, that it won't give you what you're looking for. If you run to a person and you're hoping in that relationship, that person, even if it's your spouse, for the full fulfillment of the anchor of your life and your soul, you'll be sorely disappointed. 
How many of us have been betrayed by a friend, someone that we once trusted? You can't run to a person, not a human person. You see, this hope, it says in verse 19, is the anchor of the soul. This hope, sure and steadfast. You know, hope is vital. It's essential for life. You're not going to live very long without hope. You're not going to make it without hope. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to go back on his word. And this brings us great confidence and great comfort because God has promised and confirmed his promise with an oath. He's there to provide shelter and protection from danger. He's there to provide protection from distress or from some enemy. As an anchor of our soul, when our ship is tossed to and fro with the storms of life, you see, the good thing about anchors is it keeps the ship stable when the, when the water's calm and when it's crazy and out of control. You know, and then there's this thing that I've just learned about recently. There's this, this thing they call the rogue wave that just out of the blue, a wave can come up and just completely slam the largest of ships. And what's going to keep them strong and steady to be anchored to the bedrock by faith in Jesus Christ? that today God would invite you to stop running to and fro and run to the person for refuge. Throughout Christian history, anchors have been a picture of steadfast, rock-solid faith. We were in Rome recently, and we were actually headed to the catacombs, but the weather prevented us from getting there, and we didn't get to visit. But I am told, and I've read, that in the catacombs, they hid in the caves underground in the catacombs to preserve their lives from vicious persecution, believers did. And I am told that the most popular symbol etched into the rock of the catacombs is the anchor. As they considered their life and the persecution of their life and how it was going to end very quickly, that they would be found, that the time that they spent was etching that symbol in the bedrock underground, the anchor of their souls, that they were standing firmly, trusting him in the worst of condition. An anchor speaks to us of safely strong in the midst of great adversity. That no matter what storms come our way, we are anchored in the word of God, in the promises that he has made. We are anchored in him by faith. We have this sure hope that he will do what he says. So we refuse to go backwards. We refuse to run away. We refuse to return to something empty that will not help us. An anchor keeps us from floating away aimlessly in the midst of difficult times. You know, when I'm putting a Bible study together, when I'm sitting down in my office and I'm praying through and my computer's open and reading through the scriptures many times, I'm, I'm being ministered to personally before you ever do through the Bible study. Because I believe that Bible studies should come through a man, not from a man. And so I want the Lord to speak to me. I want the Bible to speak to me. I don't want to just put a Bible study together, put some notes together. I want, I want to redeem that time that I'm studying for not just us as a church, but for me. And I began to meditate on this phrase, an anchor for my soul. Did you notice that? It's an anchor for your soul. Like, like that's the greatest part of you is your eternal soul. 
God redeems you body, soul, and spirit. But this hope that we have is an anchor for our soul. And with all of the needs that are among us and all the difficult circumstances that we have, the hope that you have in Jesus Christ is not merely for the situation you're in. It's for your soul. You know, the greatest need of man has to do with his soul. The greatest need of all the things that are here today, your greatest need relates to your soul. The need that you have of the forgiveness of your sins to be brought into new life, that your soul would be awakened. You know, we trust God for our salvation. There's not a lot of doubt when it comes to, like, yes, I believe I'm born again. Uh, Yes, I, I began to think with some of the circumstances that are in my life, some of the things that I'm dealing with, some of the adversity that's in my life, God brought me back now. This brings me back to February 20th, 1991. It brings me right there where I was sitting back in that back row, right where you are, ma'am, right there. I was sitting right there in a different church, very much like this, where a man in this position was teaching the Bible. And I don't remember much of what he said that night, except I do remember the glimpses and the times of being, being introduced to the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for all of us, but for me in particular. I took that personal that if I would repent of my sins, of which I had many, that God would forgive me and change my life forever. And that evening I was born again. My life was forever changed. And little did I know, I didn't know this, but God knew this, that when I was born again, he began to immediately work on me on the inside. Oh, sure, he delivered me from my addiction to alcohol and drugs. Yes, he delivered me immediately. But he he began to work in me to become the man that he desired. He began to work in me immediately. I didn't know it. I couldn't say it. But he began to work immediately in my relationship with my wife. He began to work immediately in me in my relationship with my son, Eddie. He began to work immediately in me in my relationship with my mom and dad. And with my boss and with my coworkers, And with just basically being a man in society. He began to change me from the inside out. Do you know, God already knew what he was going to do in my life. He already knew what my family would turn out. He already knew how things would, he already knew where I would live. I mean, you think about it. He knew that I would be here today among you, even though I didn't know that back then. Like God dealt a a life blow to my soul the day I was born again, just like you. And I don't doubt for one second that I'm a saved person. Most of the entirety of my life, I've only had a couple of episodes in my life where, where I was hit really hard and I wondered if I was saved or not. And God was very faithful to snap me out of that in a quick way. But I, I, I wrestle. That's not been an issue in my life. I got other issues. I got lots of issues, but that wasn't one of them. That wasn't one of them. And I really do believe and stand before you today and believe that I am born again and that God, for, I've not only believe it, but I've seen the evidence of it every single day of my life. God is faithful. So let me ask you this because I think you're in the same place. I don't think I'm sharing like an individual testimony. I think you're in the same place. I think that there is a lot of confidence in this room that you as a man, you as a woman are born again and you trust God to deal with the greatest, biggest issue in your life, the forgiveness of your sins. You have that faith to believe. Then why is it we become so faithless with the smaller circumstances that come our way? And what is God reminding us today? I mean, I know the answer to that. We're human. We deal with issues. It doesn't make you a bad believer that you struggle, not at all. 
but God is calling you to a greater, higher level today. And he's saying, look, this hope you have in Jesus Christ, you've run to him. You've literally run to him for refuge and peace and consolation. It is an anchor for your soul. You are not moving. You will not be shaken. You will not be stolen. A rogue wave of difficulty will not sink you because of the hope you have in Jesus Christ. And it started the moment you were born again and continues on until we see him face to face. The culmination of all of our hopes and dreams to be in his presence. Do you know if we had the opportunity, if we had the opportunity to interview people that are in heaven today, just to to hear what they have to say. I think that the prevailing word that people would say from those that are in the presence of God right now, many of them are loved ones, our friends that have gone before us, you would hear from heaven, believe the word, it's true, all of it. We're here worshiping in the presence of Jesus Christ. The word is true. You can trust it. God's promises are sure. He sealed it with an oath, and I'm experiencing it right now. And you say, wait a minute, Ed. Where did you get that from? Where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Turn over to Psalm 119. I want to show you something. I want to give you a glimpse of the heavenly scene. This is one of those verses you got to dig a little bit to find. Because, you know, Psalm 119 has all these verses in it. And you might start reading it, and it's repetitive over and over again about the solid faithfulness of God's word. And you might give up before you get to the end. Don't ever do that. Keep reading. Don't give up till you get to the end. Because there's this neat little verse here in Psalm 119, verse 89, that I want you to cling to. It also helps to anchor you on the promises of God. God's promise of an eternal land that anchors the believer's soul and keeps us from floating around and finding ourselves roaming around. Notice in verse 89, Psalm 119, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. Where? In heaven. And may it be settled in our hearts. (laughs) Forever. The word of God is a settled matter in heaven. No debate, no worry, no doubts. In heaven, God's word is God's word, but so is it on earth. How do we obtain the kind of confidence that's available to us? By faith. By faith. We trust God at his word. We patiently endure. Even if it is 25 years, we patiently endure. Because 25 years is a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. And while you're feeling tossed and turned and while the circumstances of life beat against that house, remember Jesus gave the similar illustration about those guys building houses. You know, I get the picture they built right next door. But one guy chose the right foundation and he built his house or his life upon the rock. And the other guy... A little bit more lazy in how he chooses. He builds his house on the sand. And, and if you walked on the sidewalk in front of their houses, you'd never tell the difference. You're like, man, they're beautiful houses. I'll take either one. No, no, no. You've got to check the foundation. You've got to check the foundation. You've got to really do that here in Colorado. You know, they have something called, I don't know what the technical name, but expansive soil here. We had a bunch of it right over there, right in the foyer, because we had to dig it all out. And I don't know what they did with it. I hope they threw it away. But I don't know how you throw dirt away. So, <laughs> But it was a big deal. Delayed the building. I remember. I remember it was a big deal when we were buying a house. 
So watch out for the expansive soil. Why? Because big cracks. But what if you build your house on the sand? How will you know? How will you know how you're building your life today? How will you know what your anchor is? I'll tell you. Storms. Difficulties. That reveals our foundation. And so perhaps today your foundation's revealed of, wow, Ed, I've been building on the sand. Well, the good news is God gives second chances. Now you know where not to build. We learn from our failures. Have you found this to be true? I certainly have. I've learned more from my failures than I have from any successes. And instead of recognizing and identifying yourself by all your mistakes, no, no, just learn to patiently endure. Not going to build there. Lord, put me and my life on the solid rock. Let you alone be the hope that anchors me to the truths of your word, that your promises are true. Yeah, but Ed, it's been 25 years. Well, ask Abraham. He waited 25 years and God came through. God came through. God came through and then fulfilled that promise that he gave in Genesis 22, that all the nations would be blessed, that we as the heirs of promise. He's the forerunner. Remember back in in Hebrews 6, he's the forerunner going behind the veil. This is all the context of the Jewish mindset, the temple. Remember in the Holy of Holies and the outer, outer area of the temple where the showbread was and where the incense was, there was a veil that separated them. The veil was 60 by 30 feet and it was 10 inches thick. That you Bible students remember at the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ, the veil was torn in two from top to bottom, forever opening forever opening the way so that as we learn in chapter four that we can all go into the throne room of grace to find help in time of need. Prior to the coming of Jesus, it was limited to one man once a year, the high priest. And he would sacrifice, he would sacrifice animals. He would sacrifice one for his own sin because he was a sinful man. And then he would sacrifice one for the sins of the people. And then he'd have that third one that we know as the scapegoat where he'd lay his bloody hands on the head of that goat and then tell it to get out of here. And everybody would watch the goat run away and it would be a symbol that as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. And you didn't go after the goat, man. You let it run. But no more. Because Jesus would teach us, and we'll see this in our next study, that as a greater high priest, the greatest high priest, he didn't come with three animals. Jesus didn't sacrifice an animal at all. That when Jesus entered in as a forerunner, remember the forerunner means the one that goes before so that we're following after. So that now by faith in Jesus Christ, as Jesus comes, he sacrificed not an animal, but he sacrifices himself and offers himself as the once for all sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sin and mine. So that now we can come in by faith because of his finished work, not your work, not your good deeds, not that we don't come in perfect. We come in under the blood and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. He's a greater high priest, according to the order of this guy named Melchizedek, as we'll get to him next time. What's your anchor? What tethers you and keeps you strong in the midst of a storm? Let it be the promises of God. Let it be God himself. As the Bible says, we were saved in this hope, Romans chapter 8, verse 24. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So Jesus, our high priest, has entered in. 
He's sitting on the throne at the right hand of the Father. Even as he was writing in Revelation to the church that would overcome, he's going to grant to the church that overcomes to sit on his throne. And this is the hope that we have as believers, the glorious hope of the kingdom of God and eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's the anchor. Everybody has an anchor, but only one anchor matters. With him, there's no shadow or variation of turning. What God has said, he shall do. His yes is always yes. Man, so encouraging. I know it's hard for some of you today. I wish there was something we could do to make it easier for you other than just pray and encourage you in the Lord. But listen, not only do you have an anchor for your soul, but you also have an anchor for your life. Because as you know, I don't know how people get through things without any hope. Many times they don't. Many times lives, you know, you turn to money and you turn to fame and you turn to, and you find that none of that really helps in the time of need. It might pass the time, but it doesn't give the kind of help and the solid foundation of knowing that you're right with your creator. And so when you choose to run, when you choose to look and you choose to seek out and you've got a temptation to run this way and you've got a temptation to run that way and you've got a temptation to run backwards, I'm encouraging you, don't run at all. Stay put as Jesus Christ is your anchor and the storm will pass. Because one thing I've learned, both as a pastor serving many people's lives and also personally, it does get better. It's not gonna be this hard for very long. That the weight of what you're feeling, God does take the edge off and he does begin to reveal himself in fresh new ways. And he does give the kind of comfort that he promises, right? He is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations. And he does come through and he does provide and he does help and he does vindicate, and he does defend, and he does strengthen, and he does because he is the great promise giver. Let that anchor your life today to get through another day, another week, and who knows, wouldn't the coming of Jesus Christ just solve all your problems today? (laughs) It would for me. And we cry out, Maranatha, even so, Lord, come quickly. But until then, faithful. A very encouraging and timely truth from Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Trust you're anchored in Jesus. If not, be encouraged to do so now. Thanks for taking part in today's Bible study. To hear it again, visit our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com, or you can hear us through our app. Simply search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play and download the free app today. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts. Question, Pastor Ed, we've just entered into a new month, and with that comes a new resource to tell our listeners about. What do we have? Well, Larry, the resource this month is a book of equipping. I mean, I think all of our picks are designed to equip the believer to disciple and develop. Uh, They come to us from our own bookstore. You know, we have a very small, selected, curated selection of books in our bookstore here at Calvary, uh, which, by the way, you can access at calvaryco.store. But the pick this month is Five Minute Apologetics, and it's an equipping book. It's broken down into 365 days from one of my favorite authors, Ron Rhodes, uh, training you and helping you with basic questions, how to answer these questions from atheism to creationism to relativism, ethical issues. And it would be a great devo, uh, uh, short entries 
but enough to equip you and strengthen you. It's five-minute apologetics. Whether you get it from us uh, or our bookstore or wherever you get books, uh, I know it'll bless you. I know it'll equip you. And we just thank you for your prayers and your support uh, of Abounding Grace. Is We're coming up on 20 years. 20 years. I would have never in a million years, really, uh, never predicted uh, what God would do through Abounding Grace. Just no way. No, not 20 years. 20 years. So five-minute apologetics for today by Ron Rhodes. Got to get it. We'll gladly send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace today with a gift of $25 or more. Just pick up the phone right now and call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. And we want this radio ministry to be the sort of ministry that God uses. That's our prayer and heart's desire. And if you'd like to get behind what we're doing and offer a one-time gift or ongoing support, we'd sure appreciate it. You can donate to the ministry at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Or again, call 877-30-GRACE. Join us each day on Abounding Grace as we go and grow through a study in Hebrews with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. 